Hello again. I would like to welcome all of you to this episode of the Players in the Game of Life. Today we present to you, Can I Still Be Saved? Part 1. There are, in my opinion, two questions in this title. The first question is, Can I Be Saved? The Apostle Paul tells us in the letter he wrote to the Roman church, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For those who might say, I can do that, don't get it twisted. Simply making your mouth say whatever or even Jesus is Lord and proclaiming that Jesus rose from the dead cannot secure salvation. Many people could meet these requirements and not be true followers of Christ. A heartfelt confession of Jesus' Lordship designates a lifelong commitment that issues from a person's very being. And that, my brothers and sisters, is his heart. And I don't care how long you've been a member of All Saints, No Sinners Assembly of God, or you've been studying your Bible since you began reading, or even Holy Ghost feel. No human being can read the heart of another human being. God is the only one that knows the heart of a man. What matters is not saying Jesus is Lord, but making him the Lord at the core of one's existence. This is what Paul really meant by calling on the name of the Lord. Now allow me to present to some and remind others of a necessary word that makes following Christ rewarding. And that word is faith. The Bible teaches that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is not wishful thinking or believing in what you know isn't true. Mark Twain says, instead it is the conviction that God will always do what he promises to do, regardless of the situation. The Bible also says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, not half-heartedly. Faith declares our weakness while it proclaims the trustworthiness of God and his complete and willing ability to do what we cannot do. A lack of faith insults God, even as it puts foolish confidence in ourselves, making us to think that we can do whatever, whenever, wherever, to whomever, because we pulled ourselves up by our own bootstraps or because of our education, status, or whatever. And to answer that first question, Scripture says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have 
everlasting life. Every last one of us, everybody, have by the grace, mercy, and love of God the opportunity to be saved. I believe the decision is ours. We must choose. So the answer to the first question, can I be saved, is a resounding yes. We can because of the love of God, the grace and the mercy of God, be saved. Sometimes before we reach a certain level of faith, understanding, belief, relationship with our creator and wisdom, we may possibly ask God a series of questions like, what is my purpose in life? Why do bad things happen to good people? How can I forgive what I can't forget? Why does God allow me to do those things that hurt others or myself? And the question, I believe, gives an answer to what if not all of the before mentioned. Can I still be saved? When the word still is used, it implies the position in which one is in presently or has been in in the past. Example being a former drug addict, a murderer, a prostitute, a gangbanger, or a backslider, still has the opportunity to receive salvation. And so does that individual that is still caught up in the wicked ways of this world. Let me share a bit of Paul's history to bring home or to make clear my point. I'll be brief, but do something for me. For your own enlightenment, please read about the conversion of Saul found in Acts, the ninth chapter, the first through the 31st verse. It's about a 15 minute read. It may bless your spirit. For the purpose of bringing home and making this clear my point, let us park at verses 15 and 16, which reads, But the Lord said unto him, Ananias, a disciple of Jesus, Go thy way, for he, Saul, is a chosen vessel unto me, Jesus, to bear my name before the Gentiles, which were non-Jews, and kings, and the children of Israel. For I, Jesus, will show him, Saul, how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Saul, says Paul, is about to become the lighthouse for the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel, so as to open their eyes, so as to walk in the way and not be misled. The Apostle Paul was a champion of spreading the gospel message after his radical conversion on the Damascus Road. Thirteen of the New Testament books are attributed to Paul. He also corresponded with and supported various churches and individuals by way of letter. And one of those churches was at one time the infamous Church of Corinth. It is my belief that many of us can identify with Saul or Paul. Though he was educated, came from a prominent family, 
and had the knowledge of God still had things twisted and was a religious terrorist, imprisoning, murdering followers of Christ. Because a new became rather a new creation in Christ, teaching and preaching and evangelizing for the namesake of Jesus the Christ and the kingdom of God. Paul, like so many of us, have gone the wrong way, but thinking we were doing the right thing. Me, myself, that was once upon a time that I had a intellectual uh, uh, knowledge of God, an intellectual relationship with the Bible and the Word of God. But I lack one thing. I lack the relationship with God. There's one thing to know of Him or to know about Him. But to actually learn and to know Christ and to know God, to know of the Holy Spirit, to have a relationship, a personal relationship with him is an altogether different feeling. It gives you the hope that everything is going to be all right. It may not work out the way that you want it to or the way that we want it to. I know it hasn't all the time for me. But because God does love us so much, and he will not do anything to hurt us. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And everything that he does or allows to happen to us is for our benefit. Even when we suffer sometimes and go through the trials and tribulations that we put ourselves in, God is still there and he makes the best come from it. Oh, we're going to learn about how he can do it. He has done it with people. But when we talk about the infamous church at Corinth and how those people were, God can do anything but fail. And let me say this, nothing, absolutely nothing, catches God by surprise. In fact, it is a Bible saying, and a lot of us have always used it, it's, it's, it, what, what do we say? There's nothing new under the sun. Whatever we can think about happening has already happened. Whatever is done is done. We like to say in the vernacular of the younger people, it is what it is. But God can alter anything. He can change the, the course of rivers and streams and do all kind of things that we are not able to do. And when he makes us a promise, he can keep it. I ask you to be with us next week as we go through the people at the Corinthian church. I mean, and if you think for one minute that there's a perfect church in this world, think again. If you want to talk about a church full of hypocrites, it's not the first time and it's just not happening now. It's been like that. In fact, it was a whole lot worse if you really want to know the truth about it. But please be with us next week so we can talk about the infamous Church of Corinth. And I ask you to continue. I thank you so much for downloading the players in the game of life. I would love for you to subscribe. 
I'm not asking you for any money. I'm not trying to get that. Like I say, I'm not even trying to get you or to persuade you to do anything. The Bible teaches that one man plants, another man waters, but God provides the increase. If by chance I happen to say something that starts you to think, then that's good. I've done all I'm supposed to do. Now it's up to you. Because receiving the information is one thing. Choosing to do something with it is all up to you. Jesus did what he did. God did what he did. God truly made a sacrifice and gave his son so we may have the opportunity to be saved. But Jesus Christ went to Calvary's cross and paid the ultimate price so we could be saved. His father sent him for that very purpose. So what he gives us is the ultimate example of obedience. That's something hard for us to do. Obey. God bless you. I thank you. Look for this on wherever you get your podcast. And not only download, but please subscribe to it. It would do me a world of good. And I can keep on doing this. I do this because I love doing it. And I know for a fact that I got a little Paul. I got a lot of Paul in me. And I know somebody else out there can say, well, I do too. Thank you. God bless. Talk to you next week.